Glory to the Lord. Amen. Good morning, brothers and sisters. God bless you all. Amen. We feel very happy to share these few moments with you, which is so beautiful for the Lord to meditate on His Word and also to become, to have great purposes, which is to seek the spiritual things. I was told that a sister who had leukemia had a dream a few days ago where she saw our sister, Maria Luisa, and our sister would smile to her in the dream. Just imagine that way in which God speaks. And she, with that dream, she understood that something good was coming for her life and that recently she underwent some testing again and her leukemia had disappeared completely from her body. Amen. Glory to the name of the Lord. Just so that we're always paying attention to the dreams. We have to pay attention to the dreams because God guides us very much through dreams. And we see that they are dreams oftentimes that are very simple, but very meaningful. And they're easy to understand. Just imagine that dream. A smile from a sister Marilisa. That's easy to understand. Something good is coming. Glory to the Lord. A few days ago, some uh, sister also told me that she had a dream where she saw a big truck. The truck would get off the road and then would be come back into the road. And that hardship would come. It came to her marriage, but as days went by, she, it all got soft. Because in the dream, she saw that the big truck or the, how could we say, um, a, a vehicle where she was going had gone off road and it would come back into the road and would go into the road again so with a dream like that even if you see whatever problem it may be in your marriage it doesn't matter it means that there will be a solution and that's how we learn to interpret our dreams but it is beautiful to see how god warns us how God especially is focusing on us. That's the most wonderful thing there can be in life, to know that the Lord takes special care of us and warns us and foretells us for us to pray so that when things happen, we also know we have certainty, confidence that everything will be okay. Glory to the Lord. Let us pray for our petitions, desires, deliverance, healing, anything our, your hearts needs and desires our heart may he visit us at this time and give us a great blessing blessed heavenly father we love you we worship you we bless you you are our lives and our everything lord we come to you with all our hearts fully trusting certainty with hope to know that you at this time god are going to give us blessings Blessings that are spiritually mainly because we need spiritual healing for us to serve you. May there be no sadness or depression in us. May there be no nightmares, insomnia in us. May there be no sadness in us, but happiness. And may we feel, maybe be free from any witchcraft, sorcery, and may you keep us from evil from temptations, from the traps of the devil. May you perfect us. May you give us spiritual gifts that are beautiful with a great deal of support from on high. May the Lord give us physical healing and deliver us from spirit of 
illnesses, from leukemia, from cancer, from illnesses in our vital organs, illnesses that are sometimes silent, that you can't discover them. And there may you always, Lord, allow us to discover any illness that is dwelling in our bodies, sort of hitting that you can't see it, but maybe may you be uncovered on time and be healed for us to have vitality, energy, strength to serve you, to minister the spiritual gifts, to evangelize others, to honor your name. And may you keep blessing with the best of your blessings. Our sister Maria Luisa, who is the founder, my Lord, of the church, and she is our apostle and prophetess, my Lord. May you always keep her and give her what's best. And all our brothers and sisters who are in fellowship with us around the world, may you hear their petitions and give them a great deal of blessings as well in the name of our, of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. All right, brother, let us read, brothers and sisters, in the book of Acts of the Apostles. Let us read in chapter number 5. Acts chapter 5. Let us read in our Bibles. As you might remember, we recently taught that... We receive the Holy Spirit by faith. By what? By faith, meaning by the gospel, which is the first thing we ought to understand because all of us here want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Agreed. That's right. It's great. I see you all very excited and determined. And today we're also going to teach about how to receive the Holy Spirit with another ingredient. The title of the sermon is, We Receive the Holy Spirit by Obeying the Lord's Commands. The we receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the Lord's commands. And it has to do with the same thing with faith. We're going to explain it, what the Bible says in Acts 5, verse number 32. Are you ready? And we are his witnesses to these things. And so also is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. Amen. You may take your seats, brothers and sisters. All these sermons are helpful because the truth is, brothers and sisters, that the most important thing in our spiritual life is being able to know the gospel, to know our Lord Jesus Christ, to love him, but also to know that the Holy Spirit exists, that the Holy Spirit is a, the great blessing which the Heavenly Father and the Lord Jesus promised us and that we should receive the presence of the Holy Spirit in our hearts, that the Holy Spirit should dwell within us. That's the most wonderful thing there can be in life for God to come into our hearts in the person of the Holy Spirit whose sign that it has happened is that we speak in tongues. And it is a duty of ours as Christians to receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit because that's also the guarantee of our salvation. Meaning when we go to present ourselves before the Lord, we should already have that seal so that God may welcome us in. For that reason, we 
must pay attention. So as to answer that question, how do I go about receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit? How do we receive it? First, by believing in the gospel and not by the works of the law of Moses because you can't receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit by the law of Moses. You receive it by the gospel, by the Lord Jesus. And the Lord Jesus always gave commands to the disciples. He always gave them many commands. In this instance, we find them in Jerusalem feeling greatly distressed because they were being told not to talk about the gospel. However, they, Peter and the apostles, replied to the Romans because Peter and John had been taken to jail. Both the Romans and the Jews who belonged to various religious sects were forbidding them from speaking about the Lord. And they said, how could we stop talking about the Lord? We already ha have certain commands from the Holy Spirit, namely that we must speak about the Lord. And also, because the Lord Jesus Christ had given them those commands, he had told them that they were to preach. And... You receive the Holy Spirit when you obey the Lord. Which is why they said in verse 32, And we are witnesses to his witnesses to these things. We saw the way the Lord resurrected. We are witnesses that he came and spoke with us. We are witnesses that the Lord is alive as well as witnesses of the Holy Spirit whom God has given God gave that blessing to those who obey him. Therefore, you receive the Holy Spirit when you obey him. Just as in their case, they were supposed to obey. They were supposed to continue evangelizing others. And if they would have said, we're not going to talk about the Lord. We're not going to evangelize other people. Surely they wouldn't have received more of the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. On the contrary, though, God helped them very much because God moved a person who helped them. His name was Gamaliel. He spoke to the Jews and told them, look, if this comes from God, it will thrive. And it's impossible to fight against that. However, if this doesn't come from God, then it'll come to an end just as it has happened in prior cases. Therefore, God, it was God who placed that person to help them because they were obedient. And... They continued to evangelize people. Moreover, God gave them greater power. They began to work miracles because they were convinced about the existence of the Holy Spirit. They were convinced of the commandments which the Lord Jesus had given them. And it was all very precious because their shadow alone would heal people. The shadow of Peter alone, pieces of the Apostle Paul's garments alone would heal people. The power of God and the Holy Spirit was something astounding. But it was because they were obedient to those commands. God had told them, go, keep preaching. They were supposed to obey. And we're also going to read in the Gospel according to John, 
in chapter number 14, where the Lord Jesus Christ told them, If you obey me, if you keep my commandments, I am going to give you the Holy Spirit. I will give you the Helper. You just go out and preach, strive to imitate me, and I will give you the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the Helper, will come to you all. But you all must keep my commandments. You should seek my name. You should follow me. You should not feel ashamed of me, feel happy to have gotten to know me. As it states in John 14, verse number 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper. That he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth. Therefore, it's clear in verse 15, all right? It's very clear. If you love me, keep my commandments, meaning follow my commands, whatever I say to you. In this day and age, the Holy Spirit has given us various commands. He has told us to read the Bible. Therefore, if you don't read the Bible, if you don't read the Bible, you won't receive the Holy Spirit. He has told us to come to the congregation. If you attend the congregation, you will receive the Holy Spirit. He has told us to attend the Bible studies, if we attend the Bible studies, just as it happened to a young man to whom the Holy Spirit, he congregated in this location we are right now, to, and he, the Holy Spirit told him that he should attend the Bible study, he attended the Bible study, and at the end of it, when our sister Mary Louisa started to pray, he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Also, there was a sister who had a dream wherein she saw herself in a Bible study because God gives us commands through dreams, just as the Holy Spirit does. He showed her that she was in the Bible study and that she, she started to speak in tongues. The next day, she attended the congregation. And there was a live, she came to find out that day there was a live Bible study with the sister Mary Louisa. That day, she received the baptism with the Holy Spirit as well. Those are small details, but they are very important to God. Also, if God tells you to do something, for example, to be patient with your husband, you're thinking about separating, but the Holy Spirit tells you, be patient with your husband. I am going to transform him. Fight for your marriage. Look out for your young children. Because the Holy Spirit fights hard, especially for marriages to thrive, especially when there are young children involved. He doesn't want people to get separated because children suffer a lot. Therefore, if the Holy Spirit gives you such a command to someone and that person strives because it is not easy to be patient, and yet the and yet the person must strive and fight for their marriage. Then God will reward her, and that and, and God will give the Holy Spirit to that person. Glory to God. But it could be that the opposite happens because God is Almighty, and the Lord can also step out of his own parameters. He sets a group of laws, but he can step out of his own rules. And it could be that there's someone who is not living a perfect life yet, someone who still makes mistakes, and perhaps God will make that person speaking tongues during a worship service. It could be someone who's very new to church, and the Lord makes the person speaking tongues. Perhaps a person has not made enough efforts but God decided to give the baptism with the Holy Spirit that, to help that person with his spiritual life. Because when a person starts to speak in tongues, he says, God, 
exists. This doesn't belong to me. I'm praising God and I'm starting to speak in languages that I don't understand what they are. And it's not coming from me. The person believes and says God genuinely exists. God manifests himself. This is real. The Holy Spirit exists. And, and the person continues attending church and continues to give himself even more to the Lord. It's something that could also happen. But broadly speaking, the Lord very much rewards us when we began to bear those little things in mind, such as being patient with your husband or your wife, for instance, or with your children and so forth. There are so many situations in life in which God rewards you by giving you the Holy Spirit. Situations in which you begin to obey the Lord or when he tells you, come to the congregation, you start to make efforts to set time aside to attend church because it takes effort, obedience, it takes valuing what the Holy Spirit speaks says to us and the Holy Spirit starts to get closer to us and rewards us. That's why he said, the spirit of truth would come whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him. That's true. There are many people who don't know that the Holy Spirit manifests himself, that the Holy Spirit speaks. There are lots of people who are unaware that the Holy Spirit can dwell in a person's hearts. Many people don't know that when the Holy Spirit baptizes as we speak in tongues, the, the gift of prophecy exists. It's true that there are many people who neither see him nor know him. But you know him just as we are getting to know him. Glory to God. Which is why we evangelize. Because we all want people, our friends, our families to know him. Which is why we evangelize them. For he dwells with you, meaning he surrounds us. Now, a person who doesn't speak in tongues yet shouldn't feel bad. No, because the Holy Spirit is already surrounding us. When you sit down to receive prophecy, the Holy Spirit is coming to give you a message. When you attend to worship, the Holy Spirit is around you. Which is what he said here. For he dwells with you. He is by our side. And we can't say that you have nothing from God. No. Because he is close to you. However, we cannot settle for that. And say, I'm set with just coming to the congregation to receive prophecy. That's it. No. We must put in a greater effort. And comply with the commands which God has given us. Relating to receiving the baptism with the Holy Spirit which is our duty as believers to then see the fulfillment of the other part of the verse. And he will be what? In you, meaning within, because in means within, in our hearts. It's different than with, which means around. In means inside, within. Rivers of living water that will flow out of his belly as we read a week ago. And the helper, comforter, is the Holy Spirit, verse 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. This is a wonderful blessing. In Luke 24, Luke 24, verse 49, the Bible teaches us that the Lord commanded his disciples to go to Jerusalem and to remain there, seeking the Holy Spirit, so that they could receive power from on high and be endued, meaning vested, with power from on high, authorized 
to have power over evil spirits, have power over the devil, have power over the, to deliver those who were oppressed by the wicked one, have power to prophesy, to lay hands on the sick and heal them, have authority, illnesses also, whenever those are caused by spirits of illness. Verse number 24. Verse number 49, Luke 24. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. What is the promise of my Father? The baptism with the Holy Spirit. That's the promise. That is the promise. But Terry, which is to say remain or dwell in the city of Jerusalem, meaning he gave them a command. Which is why we say that the, we receive the Holy Spirit or baptism with the Holy Spirit. As entitled, we receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the Lord's commands, by following the Lord's commands. Because he told them, go to Jerusalem just as the Holy Spirit is always giving us commands. Do not quit the job you have now, for I will bless you there. Command, do not leave the country yet, because it is still not time. Do not make decisions hastily. Do not close that business deal, because it is not what's best for you. They're going to deceive you. Be careful with people who are close to you, as they have no good intentions toward you. So you start to analyze everything to see what God is actually telling you. But the Holy Spirit is, always speaks to us constructively, he does. Be responsible. Do not waste your money. If there's a person, for example, who has an addiction or is always gambling or throwing away his money, squandering his family's money. He says, be careful. Administer your things. Be responsible and not be honest with your job. Someone is going to come to you with a proposal that is not in your best interest. Pay close attention to what you do. Do not hasten. Do not act lightly. The Holy Spirit is always giving us commands. Seek me. Read the Bible. And so forth. There are so many commands. Therefore, whenever you listen to prophecy, pay close attention to what he, what the Holy Spirit also commands you because pretty much always we're paying very close attention to what he promises. You're going to receive a promotion. You will travel abroad. You will close a great business deal. And we think about the good things about the positive things but at the same time there are also commands from the holy spirit and we must pay attention to them be careful because following those commands helps us grow spiritually gives us freedom during worship service so this is very important because when you're obeying the lord there is harmony and fellowship and that fellowship helps so that when you are in a worship service you get to praise the lord more easily and your praise is fluent that's called being spiritually freed meaning you can focus conversely when you're making a mistake you're arguing with your wife and you're you have trouble at home and then you come to the worship service and you can't praise God because that argument just had you, it makes you feel bad. Perhaps you offended her, perhaps you used an inappropriate word. So therefore, when you get to the worship service and you start to think about that, you can't focus. That has a spiritual name, which is that you're tied down. There's a spiritual bond. There's a spiritual impediment. The Apostle Peter said that whenever a man treated their wives harshly, such a thing hindered their prayers. And you can't 
receive the Holy Spirit that way because you're being disobedient since we must be affectionate, we must be understanding, we must put ourselves in the other person's shoes, we must be patient, which is basically everything the Holy Spirit teaches us and also what we read in the Bible. Therefore, even if you don't have the Holy Spirit yet, but if you are already doing things the right way, whenever you come to worship service, it's easier for you to praise Him. Also, your conscience feels, because the Holy Spirit makes your conscience feel this, that you're living a righteous life with God. And when you feel that you're being righteous in the sight of God, you have nothing that makes your, your conscience feel guilty, nor is the devil accusing you. Then you feel free and praise God very easily and with a great deal of excitement. And that enables you to draw the Holy Spirit closer. It makes it easier, much easier for the Holy Spirit to descend and for you to start to speak in tongues, begin to prophesy and to start to develop that power, that authority, those abilities, which God grants you to serve the Lord. That's why it is so important to obey him. And in this instance, God sent them to Jerusalem. He said to them that they should go, but he said to them, I'm going to send the promise, the blessing, but the command, tarry in the city of Jerusalem until another little part of the command, but and until, meaning they couldn't leave before that, they were to wait the entire duration until the Holy Spirit came, until you are endued with power from on high. Glory to God. And in Acts 1, the Bible says that they were obeying this. Among those who were gathered were Mary, the mother of Jesus, the apostles, the followers of the Lord, which were 120, they were all in Jerusalem at a place called the Upper Room, and they were all gathering to pray and praise, and everyone to the same thing. Everyone was seeking the spiritual things. Everyone was uh, striving. The Bible says in Acts 2, 1, before we read, Acts 2, 1 says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord, meaning they were all living righteous lives. There were no, no people sinning. Everyone was with one accord. Everyone wanted to receive God's blessings. Everyone was coming with that same gladness. It is that what we must try to achieve. Whenever we're gathered during the week, let us all attend church with the same feeling. You start to prepare during the day and perhaps someone tries to provoke you to feel angry, but you say, I'm not going to damage my praising. Someone comes and attempts to start trouble with you. No, you shouldn't stoop to their level and say, why should I, would I stoop to this person's level and act rudely? If I did that, I will attend the worship service. That evening I won't do anything because I'm not going to feel free. I'm not about to lose my blessing. I'm going to be patient. God is going to help me. That's it. And if we're all preparing ourselves, we're raising awareness of this and become cognizant, a less common words, but still applies. If we set our mind toward praising, then you say, praising comes first. I am not going to, as people say colloquially, if you'll allow the expression, I'm, I won't get hung up on minor things. I'm not going to get stuck on little things. This is all very little because what's big are the spiritual things. 
What's big are the spiritual gifts. What's big is my fellowship with God. What's big is asking God something and him listening to me. Glory to the Lord. What's big is me being able to serve the Lord. What's big is that whenever I'm faced with an actual critical problem, I ask God for God and for God to save me. Glory to God. That's what's worth it in life. So if the entire church becomes mature and everyone who attends church on Sundays starts to grow spiritually and to think this way, and to value all those these spiritual things, not just for God to solve a, a fleeting problem in life, because another problem can come after. There's there's a word, which means to endure over time, and that term is sustainability, something that will help us throughout our lives, for God to always be with us in any circumstance in life because there will always be problems and the devil, who is our enemy, will try to make our lives bitter, but it doesn't matter. What's important is that we're striving to please God so that whenever we need his help, he may be with us. Glory to God. And whatever happens in life, everything will be in our favor if we feel in our conscience that we are striving to please the Lord. That's what matters in life, and to obey him. And for all of us to have that same accord, to long for the spiritual things. However, it should be with one accord, not just in one place. Meaning, yes, in one place. But not only in one place, the fact that we're all together at this moment. That's nice in the congregation. We're together, but we're in one place. However, what's most beautiful is that we're all what? With one accord. And with one accord is no longer a physical, material thing. With one accord trails back to our hearts. It's spiritual. With one accord means a fellowship of purpose that we're all seeking the spiritual thing, seeking to please God, striving. Each of us lives a different life and each of us is faced with different problems. But if we're all obeying the Lord's commands and we're all striving, this is something that will create a very beautiful environment, one that, that's favorable for the Holy Spirit to descend. Glory to God. One that is conducive to us seeing more wonders. As it states here in Acts 1, verse 2, until the day in which he was taken up after he, this is referring to the Lord Jesus, through the Holy Spirit had given commandments, meaning the Lord Jesus gave command commandments to the apostles through the Holy Spirit. And in verse number Three, it states, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs. Infallible means that there's no doubt by being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the gospel, the spirit, which is what allows us to be saved because that was the change in the method of salvation from the law of Moses to the gospel. The method of salvation changed. And it is also the one that allows us to receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. And verse number four. And being assembled together with them. This doesn't say with one accord. As they made a lot of spiritual progress afterward. And being assembled together with them. What did he do? He commanded them. Gave them a command not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. He referred to the promise of the Father. The Father said that he would send the Holy Spirit. May God help us attain this. Because we all want yearn for this. Glory to God. 
Let us rise, brothers and sisters. Our brother Jairo Cardoso will carry on with the rest of the gathering. Big hug for everyone. God bless you.